0: Yeah. Welcome to Super Duper Stitious. the paranormal podcast about the science behind the spooky and the strange. Oh yes, I am Wyatt. I am Jake. And we are back again.
1: Last week we took a deep dive into the falsehoods and facts regarding vaccines. Mm-hmm. Just a quick note up top today, yes. Autism Speaks is a straight up hate group. Turns out. We did not realize this during that recording and uh, naively called for donations to be made in their support. Please, please do not do that. Instead, do consider donating to the Autistic Self Advocacy Network or ASAN, which is a nonprofit run by and for autistic people. ASAN works to advance civil rights, support self-advocacy in all its forms, and improve public perceptions of autism and is generally legitimately awesome and deserving of your support. Indeed. If you're hearing this, Jake has likely already worked his magic to amend our plug-in that previous episode, mm-hmm. so this may erased sound it from all, like, oh, yeah. If you, if yeah, you haven't heard uh, the episode
0: yet, then you'll be like, what are you
1: talking about? You don't What are you that. talking about? But early and keen-eared listeners will recall it. And uh, yeah, we just wanted to make right by the community and the world at large. So there you have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that said, we've planned a horrifying romp through some more spooky <laughs> spots today. Uh-huh. This is uh, Spooky Spots 2020. Yes. And
0: uh, as it is an even episode, Jake, I figure I'll just uh, shush up. Yeah, you bet. Shush up. I'll be reading today from a heavily abridged version of an article I found on AmericanHauntingsInc.com. Oh. Yes, that's ink with a K. No, I don't know why. <laughs> I was about to f- say they finally incorporated. Well, I think that's what they're trying to like imply with the name, but it is, in fact, ink wow. <laughs> like from a squid. Wow. Like from a squid. Or a pen or whatever <laughs> other reference would have made more sense. Uh, I say heavily abridged on this article because... Damn, your boy cannot write, but this was (laughs) the best one-stop shopping I could find for the whole story in one place, so here we are. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. In the far reaches of northwestern Connecticut, in the shadows of the mountains, and lost in the pages of time rests the remains of a small village called Dudley Town. Hmm. The homes of this once thriving community are long gone, but the land where the town once stood is far from empty. Amidst the forests and rocks are tales of ghosts, demons, unexplained mysteries, curses, and a rich history that dates back to the very beginnings of America. I
1: just want during your audio of this segment to be hearing in the background softly a distorted, echoey version of Steely Dan's Town, <laughs> but with Dudley Town and like kind of slowed down and echoey as like the theme music for this segment. <laughs> <laughs> um, so ah, ah, like, <laughs> anyway, go on, I will see what I can do um,
0: if nothing else
1: you've you've heard it <laughs> described.
0: I will just take the audio i the audio you just gave me and loop that under this entire segment <laughs> um. He says, at the very beginnings of America, I want to just offer a quick correction that he means European colonization of America. Uh, Uh, Today, only the cellar holes and a few stone foundations remain. The roads that once traversed through this place are now little more than narrow trails where only a Mm. few adventurous hikers and the occasional ghost hunter dare to wander. Mm. Although it is forbidden, the most hardened curiosity seekers still dare to venture down dark entry road and into these shadowy woods at night. Dark Entry Road is the actual name of the road that gets you there. Are you uh, real. Yeah. Uh I'll get more into why that is a little bit later on, but uh
1: um. Wow. Sounds like you lifted something from my segment.
0: You'll see. <laughs> uh so that's an intro to what we're uh what we're getting into. Dudley Town, Connecticut, a weird ghost town type place. In short, its uh story is that it was a small rural town that was cursed, causing mm. mysterious deaths, mysterious disappearances. And eventually, the complete abandonment of the town itself. Crops fail, people got sick, general curse stuff. Uh, also, maybe some ghosts and monsters, and that's hmm. the whole story. The well, end. Is everything. What? <laughs> I'll take it away. There's yes, yeah, there's, there's some history. I can get into uh, Dudley Town, or at least the area where it was located, was first owned by a man named Thomas Griffiths, one hmm. of the first to settle in this region in the early 1740s. So, like, they're saying like, the beginnings of America. It's like oh, a few years before um. <laughs> It just declared independence, so like yeah, been a lot going on you know, for a while.
1: Maybe uh, about a hundred ish years into its history, hundred fifty ish
0: into its European history, and then European thousands of years oh, into. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I believe the, uh, from what they could tell historically, it was Mohawk land before that. I see. There are no records to say that uh, he ever lived where Dudley Town later stood, but he did own half of the land until 1741. A few years later, with the arrival of Gideon Dudley in 1747, the village would be named Dudley Town. Hmm. So um, Gideon was followed by uh, followed to the region by two brothers, and the Dudleys have become known over the years as the men who brought a curse to this small town, a curse hmm. that was allegedly plagued the region ever since. Hmm. Uh, legend has it that the curse had its beginnings in England in 1510. At that time, Edmund Dudley was beheaded for being involved in a plot to overthrow King Henry VIII. Supposedly, a curse was placed on the family at this time which stated that all of the Dudley descendants would be surrounded by horror and death. Wow! Uh, proponents of the curse claimed that the D- Dudleys then began to experience a rather disquieting run of bad luck. Hmm. Edmund's son, John Dudley, also attempted to control the British throne by arranging for his son, Gilbert, to marry Lady Jane Grey next in line for the crown. Hmm. After Edward VI died... Lady Jane became the queen for a short time before the plan failed, ending with the execution of Lady Jane and the two Dudleys. Okay. I do like the idea that the consequences for a failed coup are a sign of bad luck. Yeah, what? To make matters worse, Guilford's brother returned from France and, being a military officer, brought home a plague that he spread to his officers and troops. Classic military officer move. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Um, I feel like I
1: have... Lost count of the Dudleys already. Doesn't matter. several, and dying is happening. They're dying. Bad things are happening. Dudleys just have bad, bad luck. Yes.
0: Uh, The sickness wiped out massive numbers of British soldiers and eventually spread throughout the country, killing thousands. John Dudley's third son, Robert, Earl of Leicester, a favorite of Elizabeth I, Mm. wisely decided to leave England and travel to the New World. It would be his somewhat luckier descendant, William, who would settle Mm. in Guilford, Connecticut. Three of William's descendants, Abil, Barzalay, Barzale, and Gideon, would later buy a plot of land in Cornwall Township. Hmm. So This so far is the most complete version of the timeline I've seen offered across various websites and wow. such. And okay. the facts and details included here seem to be the most common for this whole deal. And being the most common surely make these details accurate, right? Oh, absolutely. If it's written in more than one place, it's more true. Yes. Um, It continues. In the early 1740s, the mentioned Thomas Griffiths bought a parcel of land that would later be considered the first lot in Dudley Town. Uh, The land today looks much as it did when Griffiths first came here. It is covered in thick forest and the ground is strewn with rocks. The nearby mountains also heavily shadow the area, so Hmm. it receives little sunlight. The woods were later dubbed Dark Entry Forest. Hmm. Uh, In 1747... Gideon Dudley bought some land from Griffiths to settle a small farm. By 1753, Gideon's two brothers, Barzale and Abiel Dudley, from Guilford, Connecticut, also purchased land nearby. Can you imagine being named Barzale? Yeah, it's rough. Barzole? It's B-A-R-Z-A-L-L-A-I. Barzale? Bar Barzley? Barzale? Barzale? We'll call him all Barzy. Oy, oy, oy. I think it's the last time we'll hear his name, so we can just forget about it. Um, I can't forget. Go on. A few years later, a Martin Dudley from Massachusetts also moved to the area, but was from a different line of the family. He later married Gideon's daughter. So like we always say here on Super Duper different lines equals just fine. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, one That'd thing be always. <laughs> one thing that should be mentioned here was <laughs> You're that you welcome for my <laughs> help. <laughs> was that Dudleytown was never an actual town. It was more an isolated part of Cornwall Township, so just a sort of okay. neighborhood of, if you will. It's it's, it's a tiny little place. Uh, the village owned by
1: in, one family, correct?
0: More or less. I mean, more people ended up moving there, but so it's kind of like a big ass estate that other people lived on. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, wasn't super developed. It was just kind of there, uh, but yes. Gotcha. The village gotcha. rested in the middle of three large hills, which accounts for the recollections of it being nearly dark at noontime. The Cornwall Township Ugh. was never a good area for farming, but a whole bunch of families began moving there anyway. community grew even larger after iron ore was discovered nearby, and farming became a secondary concern. Iron ore what? However, there were never any stores, shops, <laughs> schools, or churches in Dudley Town. So again, not really a full-on town. Just People lived there, basically. Mm-hmm. Provisions had to be purchased in nearby towns, and when anyone died, a trip to Cornwall was necessary because in addition to there being no church in town, there was no cemetery either. Uh, the population of Dudley mm. Town was never large, and according to an 1854 map, the peak number of families who lived there only reached 26. So, 26 Look families, good. which, however large they were, so, you know, larger than some townships in, like, northern Maine and stuff today, right. um, but right. but not huge. The city right. town did fairly well for itself, though, despite its size. Wood and iron ore were both super useful to local industries, at least until production moved elsewhere. Despite the outward signs of prosperity, though, there were bizarre occurrences at Dudley Town from the start. We're talking deaths, disappearances, random cases of insanity, and all disproportionately concentrated in this one tiny community. What? Tell me everything. Three of the Dudleys moved out of the region and lived long and full lives, dying of natural causes and forever diminishing any possibilities of a curse. Spooky. Yeah. Thank God. Abiel Dudley... (laughs) Uh, remained in town and after a series of reverses lost his entire fortune and his mind it says Abiel died in 1799 at the age of 90 and when he was no longer able to pay his debts the town took his property sold it and then made him a ward of the town
1: 1799 at the age of 90 Uh uh-huh
0: that's like living to a thousand these days (laughs) pretty much uh in 1792 seven years before uh he died his good friend and neighbor, Gershon Hollister, was killed while building a barn at the home of William Tanner, Abiel's closest mm. neighbor. Tanner mm-hmm. was also said to have gone insane. He lived to the age of 104 and, according to records, was slightly, what? slightly demented at the time of his death. Yeah, I think the curse here is to live a really full life, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Some attribute Hollister's death to murder by Tanner, but, like, who knows? Based mm. on the that he would have been... I think pretty old then, so who knows if he had it in him. There have been stories claiming that Tanner (laughs) told other villagers of strange creatures that came out of the woods at Mm. night. At least Mm -hmm. one iteration of all this holds that when the brutally murdered body of Hollister was found, Tanner claimed that one of these mystery monsters was responsible. Mm. These horrible things that kind of lurched out of the woods at night and, uh, and did stuff. After the Civil War, Dudleytown began to die, and many of the villagers simply packed up and moved away. isn't really mm-hmm. considered part of the curse, just a thing that happened, but a different weird mm-hmm. thing happened at the turn of the century. This oh event boy. occurred in 1901, at a time when the population of Dudleytown had dwindled away to almost nothing. One of the last residents of the town was a man named John Patrick Brophy. Brophy spelled like a trophy for a bro. Wow. Uh... <laughs> in pretty rapid succession some unpleasant shit befell <laughs> him and his family his wife died of mm. consumption and then his two children vanished into the forest just a short time after the funeral it's oh. kind of wandered off and were gone shortly after the brophy's house burned to the ground in an unexplained fire and not long after that brophy himself vanished into the forest he was never seen again what the hell yeah by the early 1900s, Dudley Town was completely deserted. The remaining homes began to fall under disrepair and ruin, and soon the forest began to reclaim the village that had been carved out of it. Ooh. This next little interlude is something I found during a perhaps ill-advised solo journey into none other than oh, the Shadowlands. <laughs> <laughs> we always I mean yikes yeah. <laughs> we always visit the uh, slash places section of the website and this was in the far less known slash famous section of the website <laughs> people in, in general have reported seeing strange beasts and apparitions corpse mutilations were reported along with still more suspicious and unusual deaths soon people began to give up on dudley town and it was mostly deserted in 1900 however people hmm. still tried to live in dudley town during the 1920s, Dr. William C. Clark set up a summer home in the abandoned town. One evening, he came back from a business trip to find his wife laughing hysterically. She told her husband about the apparitions and demons that had visited while he was absent. That's At least one brave. version of this has her referring to them as strange creatures that came down out of the woods and attacked, trying to force an entry into their home while she waited helplessly inside for these things oh, to get her. Oh my God. Yeah. That's fucking so creepy. Uh-huh. And uh, so she just kind of cracked after that evening and her condition did not improve after that. Upon returning to New York shortly after that summer, she completed suicide. Dr. Clark would later remarry and just go on ahead and keep returning to Dudleytown every summer. More on that in a sec. Uh, Many visitors today often report disembodied voices whispering and laughing. A woman on a white Mm. horse has been spotted among other apparitions. People also hear Mm -hmm. wagon wheels and other sounds of the past. The one thing that people do not hear is the sound of birds and other wildlife living animals seem to flee the area some believe that this whole area is a vortex or simply an area of negative energy that attracts Mm -hmm. unpleasant spirits and people (laughs) that's the end of the shadowlands content back to the article Mm. again and back to dr clark once again while undoubtedly shattered by his wife's suicide dr clark continued to maintain his house in Dudleytown town and continued to visit as i said before A number of years later, he remarried and returned to stay at his summer house until a larger home was completed nearby in 1930. In 1924, he and his wife, Corita, as well as other doctors, friends, and interested landowners formed the, quote-unquote, Dark Entry Forest Association. Whoa. It was designed to act as a forest preserve so that that the land around Dudley Town would remain forever wild. They held their Mm. first meeting in 1926 with 41 members. Uh, Dr. Clark died in Cornwall Bridge in February 1943, and Corita passed away five years later. A number Mm. of their children and family members still reside in the area, and I believe the Dark Entry Forest Association is still active to this day, and they are the ones who own the land and control access to it. Uh, Today, Dudley Town is mostly deserted, except for the curiosity seekers and tourists who come looking for thrills. Uh, Oh yeah, here it is. The Dark Entry Forest Association still owns most of the land the village once stood on, Uh, As far as we know, the ghostly tales began to surface in the 1940s. It was at this time that visitors to the ruins of the village began to speak of strange incidents and wispy apparitions in the woods. Hmm. Even today, those who have visited the place boast of paranormal photographs, overwhelming feelings of terror, mysterious lights, sights and sounds, and even of being touched, pushed, and scratched by unseen hands. The Warrens, yes, those fucking Warrens, I Mm. guess it's some sort of Halloween special there in the 1970s after which they concluded Mm. that the area is demonically possessed because they had Mm -hmm. exactly one card to play and damn if they weren't going to play it. Oh yeah. (laughs) Uh, Some researchers refer to the area (laughs) as a negative power spot or a place where entities Mm. enter this world from the other side. They Mm -hmm. say this may explain the strange events in Dudley Town's history like the eerie reports, the strange creatures, and perhaps even the outbreaks of insanity and madness. Places often thought Mm. of as tainted in some way, as if the ground was somehow Mm. spoiled here, or perhaps was sour all along. (laughs) So that's the completion of that particular article on Dudley Mm -hmm. Town. Any thoughts on this cursed little semi-village in Connecticut?
1: I mean, it's kind of like hovering between legit tragedy and actual quite spooky qualities right now for me. Mm -hmm. You know, it reminds me of places I've been just in description, at least that have, for lack of a better phrasing, like given me the heebie jeebies, Mm -hmm. like parts of the Hudson River Valley, for instance, will do this for me for some reason.
0: Sleepy Hollow (laughs) called to mind anyway.
1: It does, in fact, actually. very. I went to college very near there, and uh, it was just something about it. it. was beautiful, nice to be. It wasn't like I was feeling like I was going to be attacked by anything, or like, you know, there wasn't like immediate threat sensation, but it was kind of like,
0: hmm. What's that highway? Is it the, the um, Taconic Parkway, or Taconic? What is that? Taconic, Taconic Parkway, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful drive, but it does have a kind of like you say sort of ethereal quality to it. You're looking at all the the woods. It's
1: it's really neat. That's exactly what I'm just exactly what I'm aiming for in my in my telling here. So that all is being summoned to mind by your details. Kind of weird that they would call it dark entry forest. (laughs) yeah Um,
0: i guess the idea is they're trying to get at the fact that it's surrounded by hills in such a way that the sun is largely blocked out and like oh it's dark when you enter and it's a forest
1: i don't know it's it's fair but it is almost like yeah i don't know shadow of satan (laughs) trying to make it sound
0: as scary as possible
1: yeah it's a little like foreboding beyond utility right but whatever i'm enjoying this and i'm intrigued to hear what else you have to say
0: Dudleytown was a small community off to the side of one actual town in Connecticut that existed for a while. That's basically its main deal. Uh, It was in a really hilly area with shitty soil that's full of rocks, so farming just wasn't good there. Timber for producing wood coal for industry use, as well as iron ore, were both big in Dudleytown for a while, but eventually the demand Hmm. went away when those industries moved further away, and then people Mm -hmm. just started moving out. So yes, some bad things happen to some people, but several of those things sound like ordinary, albeit very tragic, dementia stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm, most of the mm-hmm. rest are straight up apocryphal. Mm-hmm. I spent a long time trying to find more detailed accounts of the creatures coming down out of the woods because that yeah. is so very our shit, and right, right. what I gave was the most detailed version of it I could find. Wow, which is a bummer because I, that which is, is what I wanted. Literally just to hear. a mention. Exactly. Yeah. Like it doesn't pass. He's like, isn't that a whole story unto itself? Like right. this guy saw these horrible things coming out of the woods. He said that it killed his friend. A woman later on, like decades later, said that she was attacked by them, like coming out of the woods, and then she kind of lost it after Went that. Went crazy. Yeah. Right. Like that's a story, but apparently not. Yeah. Um, which calls really wow. into question a lot bad. of yeah the rest of it in a way. Yeah, a curse on the land seems pretty unlikely. I the paranormal reports seem to be an ex post facto situation here. Like people heard about an right. area being weird story of a curse. Like most curse stories got applied to the whole works probably after the fact mm. and then heavily primed spook seekers visited expecting to experience something creepy. So they did like mm-hmm. after having all it, just, it all just kind of compounds here's a curse disclaimer from the american hot things inc article itself a curse disclaimer did you say yes i mentioned the writing quality Uh, in addition to jumping all over the place chronologically the article also was basically a bunch of alternating sentences of this is what people say happened Uh, but here's a reason why it almost definitely didn't happen that way but it probably totally did happen who can say for sure it just kept me to <laughs> this point where like i had right. just trying to cut out all of the waffling just to have a straightforward story mm-hmm. i was left with mm-hmm. basically nothing so i had to really try and figure out how to make it all come together to be why like figure out why people even care about this place and what's supposed to have happened there mm-hmm. that happened pretty much continuously throughout the entire article but one particular chunk did stick out and i left it in here pretty much verbatim with an aside i'll cut into at one point while there are undoubtedly some grim events that surrounded the dudley family in england and france Questions have been raised as to whether or not any curse really followed them to America. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. This is in part because curses aren't real. I think. <laughs> uh, I feel like we talked mm-hmm. about that recently, perhaps in a special report spanning episodes one hundred two and one hundred three. Oh, yeah,
1: may chance,
0: may chance. <laughs> the question has been raised uh, because, in order for the curse to have been passed along to account for the haunting of Dudley Town, of Dudley Town, try to read the sentence exactly as written. In order for the curse to have been passed along to account for the hunting of Dudley Town, then William Dudley would have had to have been the son of Robert, Earl of Leicester, But he wasn't. Robert Dudley had only Mm. two sons, and one of them died while still a child. The other went to Mm. Italy, and while he had children, all of them remained in that country. This means that there Hmm. was no link between William, his sons who founded Dudley Town, and any so-called curse. So, boom. Ah. Dudley Town. A little town that could
1: until it couldn't. There you go. Well,
0: shucks. I guess that's all there is to it. Yeah, I think so, unfortunately. I saw a lot wow. of people talk, like a lot of articles of people like, oh, spooky town in Connecticut. Can't go in there more, but it's really creepy. Some really neat yeah. pictures. I'll could, I could, I'll link to like photos of the like, person who visited there. I think they snuck in or whatever. It looks mm-hmm. real creepy mm-hmm. in the way that any abandoned space looks creepy. Right. That's pretty much its whole deal. People don't live there anymore. Wow. What a what a Dudley town. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It nothing. It nothing, but the story was fun. Pretty much could be the title
0: of our show. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think we should move on to your story. But first, oh yeah, oh four phantoms most. Oh, let's talk about a beer that supports us. I'm into it. Do you want to take the lead on it today, Jake? Uh, let's see if I can if I can get it right. Uh, four phantoms brewing is a a new brewery in Western Massachusetts that combines elements of D and D heavy metal wrong. wrong shit
1: shit okay heavy metal D oh. <laughs> and beer <laughs> in order to make beer comma good ass yes but yes if you're in the new england area and considering a purchase of a, a brewed a beverage <laughs> do consider buying four phantoms they are available through many distributors and for curbside pickup And they've just recently released their 2020 version of Purple Potion, which is a berry-charged, super-cool, sour experience for anyone out there looking to have their little cheeks squeezed (laughs) in this time of isolation,
0: even though we're about to rejoin society and get each other sick again. All right. Also, another way to support 4Fandoms is to go to their untapped page and leave a fun, creative review for the beer. We mentioned recently that if you leave a fun, creative review, we will read it here on air, and so far... You haven't, so get on that, people. We'll read it here.
1: (laughs) And uh, yeah, as ever, thank you very much for Phantoms for your support, and thank you guys for listening. Back to the show. Mm -hmm. For my segment today, I found a solid source for tales of frightening or otherwise mysterious locations, which is, of course, carrentals.com slash blog slash haunted hyphen (laughs) roads, who bring forth... Not one, not two, but seven of the most terrifying places you can visit with a car. Oh, boy. Which are, of course, roads. <laughs> As ever, Jake, do engage, interrupt, or otherwise question me at any time. Will do. Otherwise, I will hand it over to carrentals.com. <laughs> Do your hobbies include investigating paranormal activity, solving mysteries, and searching for disturbed souls that have stayed behind to haunt you? Why, yes. Well, if your heart desires those things, we invite you to take a chilling ride down America's most terrifying roads, where creepy legends still haunt those who cross their paths. These unique, spooky stories are sure to make all your nightmares come true. Oh, boy. Each of these roads has earned a spot on our frightening list because of the legends that define them. After laborious hours of consideration and effort, we've managed to invent a spook meter to note how daunting each road is. It evaluates each road on a scale of one to five. We measure the frequency of ghost sightings, deaths and accidents, dangerous obstacles and strange phenomenons from (laughs) one to five. Oh, my favorite pluralization of phenomenon. Then take the weighted average to calculate the spookiness. Buckle up and prepare yourself to take a ride on each haunted road below. (laughs) The entire route of all seven roads can be completed in around six hours. If you don't chicken out, of course. Plug this chilling route into your maps now to begin the scare. And I will just quickly step in here to offer an FYI. Carrentals.com slash blogs quoted time of around six hours start to finish indicates that they expect you to cover a distance of around 1400 miles. Oh my God. At a rate of something like 233 <laughs> miles an hour or roughly 375 Ks per hour. Nonstop. Okay, back to the text. Great. To tell the tales of each of these roads, we first share the spooky stories on record, then lay out the legends of the roads that pique interest in visitors, and lastly, give you an additional haunting source to
0: scare you, if we haven't already. (laughs) I'm already pretty scared by the table setting.
1: (laughs) They're ordered by least to most spooky to ease you into the scare. Number one, Annie's Road riverview drive the female revenge seeking ghost this is in totoa new jersey it's 20 miles long and gets a spook meter rating of 2.5 as common with many ghosts 2. 5 can, what out of five spookiness okay <laughs> as common with many ghosts who continue to haunt the earth the woman in white also known as annie was betrayed by a loved one loved one which led to her unfortunate death The story goes that a young couple, after an event in the 1960s, traveled along Riverview Drive during a huge fight. The argument led to the boyfriend kicking Annie out of the car. She searched for help, but sadly found herself lost. While hopelessly wandering Riverview Drive, Annie suddenly saw bright lights and was struck by a large pickup truck, killing her instantly. The gruesome story continues. After she was hit, her dress became tangled in the car, and she was dragged along the road, taking off her face. After the incident, something strange began to happen.
0: Yeah, everything else was normal up to that point.
1: (laughs) Every year after the incident, red paint appeared on the road to represent a bloody stain. If you're a man traveling this road, beware! (laughs) And he seeks revenge against men. Once she lures you in, she will trick you
0: into crashing your car. Take a left right here. Like, no, that's, that's a guardrail. No, no, just do it. Just do it. Like, I guess I will. All right. I swear it's
1: a road. Oh, I can't believe you did it, you idiot. <laughs> if you're crazy enough to visit, keep a close eye out for electric failures. No cell reception here. Phones are unusable and other technology fails. It's been said that spirits mess with cameras and car headlights as well. Also, keep an eye out for Orbs, Fog, and Screams. <laughs> Annie isn't the only haunt to wander Riverview Drive. In fact, paranormal activity is said to originate from the souls whose bodies are buried in the nearby cemetery. These souls appear as glowing lights, abnormal fog, and screams in the distance.
0: What is that fog?
1: <laughs> Number two, Haynesville Woods, Route 2A, a death trap. This is in Aroostook County, Massachusetts.
0: There's an Aristoc in... Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was in Maine. Yeah, Aroostook County is the northernmost county in Maine. Pretty it sure it county. is Maine. And they don't know what they're talking about. And That's I did not the edit case. them.
1: Length, 20 miles. Spook meter... 2.75 oh wow that's really specific we warn you to not visit this curvy road mm-hmm. haynesville woods in the winter as the conditions have stolen many lives why the road is called a death trap this road used to be heavily driven by semi-trucks carrying potatoes until the treacherous route proved that no truck should drive through this death trap the incredibly sad stories of this road wrecked record that many trucks have lost control and slid out on the ice during winter leading to unfortunate losses many people pay tribute to these truckers dick curless <laughs> an american country singer who as oh. i have now discovered wears an eye patch oh wow Or at least war one wrote a song which is real that's a lot already with a name like dick curless Wrote a song dedicated to the stretch of Route 2A. The song is called A Tombstone Every Mile, representing the vast amount of drivers whose trucks have rolled off the road. And this the song is real, and it is included in this text. And you can listen to it later, Jake. Boy, has a lot of eye patch
0: pictures. I think he just eye patch was his thing
1: i think it was his thing At some Did point you find he, any of them where he's wearing one on both eyes
0: <laughs> on both eyes no there's some <laughs> older ones where he doesn't yet have the eye patch on his right eye but then all subsequent ones seem to have the eye patch Mm-hmm. uh-huh well well if you're crazy enough to visit going up to n- the northernmost reaches of maine looking for potatoes or whatever keep an eye
1: out for the little girl Visitors to these woods have reported seeing a girl who appears to be around the age of 10. She is said to be the spirit of a girl who was walking along the road in the 1960s again and struck by a semi-truck, instantly killing her. And the Screaming Woman. Oh. Number three, US Route 44. (laughs) Take a ride with a hitchhiking ghost. This is in Rehoboth, Massachusetts. So, Maine again? This is back in Maine. (laughs) Length of 237 miles. We're now cranking the spook meter up to three. (laughs) Oh my god. If you drive by yourself, the haunted hitchhiker who plays jokes will make you feel less alone. (laughs) The hitchhiker we're referring to is a six foot tall redhead man with a beard wearing a flannel jacket. Oh wow. This man appears in plenty of reports about Route 44. He looks the same, but his tricks are always different some stories include him appearing in cars or cars running him over in cases where cars run him over he suddenly appears in the road giving the driver no time to stop the driver will then go straight through the ghost hitchhiker causing confusion Uh if he chooses you to be part of his trick he will repeatedly appear to have you run him over see different trick every time (laughs) the red-headed hitchhiker doesn't speak to people he only laughs As we mentioned, he loves to play tricks on people. You may hear his laughter, but not see him sometimes. Supposedly, if you're driving with three people in the car, he will appear in the empty seat to tag along for the ride briefly. It's unknown who the man actually is or was. If you're crazy enough to visit, keep a close eye out for technical difficulties.
0: (laughs) Is that what happened to them while they're trying to tell you what's going to happen to you? Or I do think so. Okay.
1: And strange animals. Animal sightings are quite creepy. People claim to see <laughs> mutated animals the size of a dog. It looked
0: like a wolf, but kind of different. It was yeah. Weird. <laughs> was I think was it, it was a dog? a dog. It was the size of a <laughs> <Yeah>. dog.
1: <laughs> Number four, Archer Avenue, between a church and a cemetery in Chicago, Illinois. This one's only seven miles Mm -hmm. long, but is a total of 3.75 on the old spookometer. On your trip here, you can dance with the most famous ghost in Chicago, Resurrection Mary, and experience other paranormal activities on Archer Avenue. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Mary. She simply went out for a night of dancing. Now she dances as a ghost and sends chilling energy to those she interacts with. Mary was a young lady who, after a fight with her date in the 1930s, walked home from a ball at the O'Henry Ballroom, which you need to know is now known as the Willowbrook Ballroom and Banquets. Unfortunately, <laughs> she was killed in a hit and run and her parents placed her body in the resurrection cemetery that she now haunts. Not clear whether that means she was truly interred there or if they just put her there.
0: <laughs> just like tossed her over the fence like, oh, let's get out of here. Yeah,
1: that's good. <laughs> she may ask you for a ride. Also keep an eye out for the mad monks that have tortured trespassing teens. Oh! St. James of the Sag Church is also known as Monk's Castle for dark reasons. The name was chosen when repeated sightings of monks were reported over the years. These monks dressed in brown robes while chanting in Latin, carrying lanterns. But there was no record showing these monks actually existed. Phantom monks. Phantom
0: monks of the Chicago? Yeah. <laughs>
1: There are rumors of curious teenagers who trespass these grounds only to be tortured in dreadful ways, such mm. as being forced to shave their heads and <laughs> kneel on uncooked rice for hours. <laughs> they just get hazed some kind of way? Pretty much. They get like forcibly impressed into monk service. Yeah. Huh. Kelly Road, also known as Mystery Mile. This uh-huh. is in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. It's only two miles long, but good God. Four on the spook meter if you start to develop anger and frustration while driving on this road blame the bad aura okay there is a collection of creepy disturbing and unwanted happenings along kelly road the bizarre occurrences have led this mile-long road even though we just said it was two earning its nickname (laughs) that's literally how it's written these occurrences include changing behavior in animals sudden movements in the shadows and sounds that have no origin To make the road more mysterious, it curves through dense and dark forest patches. The spirits that lurk the dark, woodsy stretch of Kelly Road haunt you from the inside with their bad aura. (laughs) The inside of what? An aura is an energy field surrounding an area or person. Kelly Road's aura is fueled with evil energy. The road causes docile animals to become vicious and people to take on horrific moods both leading to undesired outcomes. (laughs) Those who don't believe it may have to see for themselves. I guess I'll have to see for myself. Penultimate paralyzing road. Shades of death road. Roam with ghosts of the dead. This is in Warren County, New Jersey. Seven miles long. Spook meter 4.25. Ooh. Be wary of souls that have been robbed from spirits. Malaria and cats. (laughs) What? What? The eerie and low hanging branches cast a dark shadow along the whole stretch of this road, making the road dim and a welcoming invitation to unwanted spirits. Shades of Death Road used to be named The Shades. But with the record number of murders that have occurred on this street, Death was added to the name.
0: So they really, really called it as they saw it. Oh, yeah. This road is sure. really shady. Let's call it The Shades. The Shades. People keep dying here. All right, let's just put that on there, too. Shades. Of death. Yeah.
1: The Shades Death Road. <laughs> Most of these killings went unresolved, but murders were the only cause of death on this road. In the 1850s, a breakout of malaria carried by insects infected a vast amount of people in the area. Mm. <laughs> a tragic epidemic. If you're crazy <laughs> enough to visit, keep a close eye out for Ghost Lake. Is it the ghost of a lake? <laughs> yeah. It was killed by malaria. <laughs> <laughs> don't befriend the ghosts who roam here they say deal and cat swamp Ooh. if you don't believe in ghosts then what might scare you is this pack of vicious cats that's been said to take the lives of travelers along the road who's the scaredy cat now <laughs> and finally number seven clinton road the most chilling and terrifying road west milford new jersey 5.0 of course 10 miles long who have we haven't spooked you yet <laughs> brace yourself for a ride on the scariest road in america oh boy Summon the ghost boy by tossing coins into the lake. <laughs> <laughs> it's said that those who throw a coin over one of the bridges will summon a ghost boy. This boy will return the coin back to you. It's unknown which bridge along Clinton Road to find the boy, but he's more likely to come out at night. There is another tale saying that if you stand on the bridge, a quarter will drop, and if you bend down to get it, the ghost boy will push you into the lake. He does this to save you from getting hit by a car. <laughs> The ghost boy might not scare you, but the other terrifying stories will. It's common for travelers along Clinton Road to witness paranormal activity, such as meeting strange creatures, seeing ghosts, witnessing satanic witch gatherings, spotting aliens, and more ghostly activity. Wow. So keep an eye out for Dead Man's Corner at the very ends, ends, plural, of Clinton Road. If you see a cow, dead or alive, (laughs) or a dead animal of any kind, do not get out of the car. The legend says that the creatures who put out the animal want to lure you to kill or eat you.
0: So if you see some roadkill, don't just like unbuckle and dive out of the driver's side. (laughs) Resist the desire
1: to get out and touch it. Also, alien activity, UFOs, unearthly activity, and unexplained lights are all stories recalled by travelers of Clinton Road. Lights from the sky have been reported to follow your car, and very large UFOs hovered the forest. If you're bold enough to take the risk and travel on each of these historically gruesome roads, don't say (laughs) we didn't warn you. The Wicked (laughs) Mysteries will give you goosebumps and leave you with an undesired chill. Rent a car and round up your ghoulish friends searching for a haunt. It's time to go ghost hunting, the end. Oh, wow. Well, I am chill to my very core, Mr. Shell. I'm glad. I was going for chills and thrills. A couple spills. And not straight up dog shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I'm uh, glad it had the desired effect. There's never been a listicle written that wasn't just the highest of quality content.
1: Oh, and this one was honestly more entertaining than most of them. Mm. A lot of them are just like, this place exists, period. And I'm <laughs> like, oh boy. And it at least had a theme.
0: Or it could go the BuzzFeed route and just say, this, this. This yeah, and there's a bunch this of thing.
1: gifts. It's a thing. It's it it's ranked here by like the participation of like thirty people who clicked on the arrow for some reason.
0: <laughs> this is to say that listicles are the best form of uh of media.
1: Yeah, exactly. And not visual garbage. Do we want to boot up the NCAA device?
0: I you know, it's been a while and I think we should. So before we go, we're going to take this arcane computer from long Or a year ago, I guess. Long ago being just over a year ago, which we use to calculate by um, plugging ourselves into its mainframe just which creatures, cryptids, monsters in the world our Patreon patrons should be on the lookout for. So let's switch it on. There we go. and Let's plug it in. Right, right into the backs of our skulls here. Uh,
1: That's good. Stuff. We'll be accessing the mm. Pander function, which is the Patron Appreciation Neural Dive for Evaluation of Risk program. That I forget if we wrote or came programmed into this device already.
0: It came in one of the firmware updates in the last year or so. Uh, I see. Yeah. I, see. I thought it was slurmware when I <laughs> clicked on the download. Uh, we're going to focus together on. Liz from Eugene, Oregon. Mm, Liz getting shoutouts in two weeks in a row, or actually, no, never mind. Please. Minnesota. I was getting a secret shoutout you haven't heard yet, and you also have a cryptic this shoutout,
1: That's right. Never mind. <laughs>
0: and uh, everyone
1: me. else, keep listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's right.
0: Look out for the the Lydia's ghost. One of North North Carolina's most famous ghosts is known as Lydia.
1: I mean, I know if you grew up in the area, she would have captivated your mind, but you didn't. (laughs) So the spooky story of Lydia, you probably haven't heard told by people from across the entire state of North Carolina and beyond.
0: Look, legend begins in the early part of the century in 1923. Oh my God, are we going to read this whole fucking thing? I mean, have it
1: downloaded into our
0: brains. (laughs) Uh, Let's let's just... Let's just skim what we had downloaded into our brains real quick and decide which parts are important. Yeah. In 1923, there was a beautiful young girl named Lydia. On the way home from the school dance, she was involved in a horrible automobile crash and lost her life. Weirdly, i feel like this on is brand more of for this my episode. own shit. <laughs>
1: uh, try not to pick up hitchhikers on the way into Jamestown,
0: North Carolina, and you will be safe. <laughs> That's right. It's, a, it's another classic uh, lady in white story of a girl who was killed on the side of the road. Because that happens just everywhere. But this specific one, named Lydia, is the one you have to watch out for,
1: Liz, so... That's right. If you see her, you might feel chills run down his spine as he turned. You might feel puzzled and wanting to make sure he wasn't going crazy. Oh, when you see her, the woman's eyes began to fill with tears as she reached for a picture that was behind her on the table.
0: (laughs) All of these are things that you might experience and so be careful
1: yes and thank you so much for your support thank you very if much If uh want what just happened to happen
0: to you <laughs> whatever you <laughs> want to call it uh yeah. you can donate to our patreon at any level a dollar or more and you will be entered into our little uh raffly thing to have your own cryptid creature or i guess lydia ghost red exactly. i mean uh, calculated for you on the podcast and it's not a
1: matter of if but when so exactly never fear and uh yeah i think next week we'll be back i'm pretty sure we will and um what should
0: we do for next week jake next week i challenge you wyatt to find uh? a cryptid some kind of creature out in the world that people have seen on more than one occasion by more than one witness that I haven't heard of, and I will do the same for you. Hmm. Okay. And if that doesn't work, you'll hear a different episode next week. Yeah, there it is. That's <laughs> what I was looking for the words to say. But thanks for joining us on this episode <laughs> Thank this Thank you week.
1: very much, and we'll see you there.
0: Goodbye. Bye.